Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and good evening, everyone. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Grassroots Holistic Health Podcast. My name is Barbara Wesley Gray, and it's really a pleasure to have you tuning in with us. I I appreciate you tuning in and taking your time from your Sunday afternoon or evening to listen in. Uh, We're pretty excited, as a matter of fact, very excited about our guests who will be um, on very shortly, uh, that being Baba Yaya Diallo. Uh, he is really someone, he's a legendary, internationally acclaimed uh, percussionist, as well as an author. But first, before we begin, I'd like to give thanks to the One Most High. We give this evening to you and to the ancestors. May we have our minds centered on things of spirit and goodness, and may we not be tempted to stray from love as we begin this interview. We open to receive you, and we ask that you please enter where you already abide, and may our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness. May we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you our doings this evening, We ask only that words of righteousness and truth and love come from our mouths. We ask that they serve you in the healing of the world. And may we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go. Further, I'd like to also pay homage to Brother George Floyd by playing, rather than waiting to play or being silent for eight minutes, I'd like to just make... um, eight beats on on my drum to honor his spirit, to honor his uh, journey into the realm of the ancestors. Ashe. Ashe. I must also share with you that I have my lovely wife sitting next to me, Dr. Dora Gray. Hi, hon. How are you? Alafia, everyone. Thank <laughs> you for joining us. Be yes, blessed. Yes, indeed. And, Enjoy the uh, show. Yes, it, it should be. A, it's going to be a great show. I'd like to first introduce to you our guest, say a few things about him. Uh, he has had such an illustrious 
um, career, and that being Yaya Diallo. He was born in 1946 in the village of Fiesco, which was known then as the French Sudan, now known as Mali. He was born to a nomadic Fula father and a Miniaka mother. Yaya was raised in a culture that works, worships, lives, and breathes to the beat of the drum. And thanks to his mother being from the illustrious Birth family, which were hunters and county chefs and musicians, young Yaya had the opportunity to hear some of the best musicians of the former canon uh, Yangaso. The old musician and healer sorcerer Ngape Kone became his protector and mentor. Arriving in Montreal, Canada in 1967, Yaya graduated from the University of Montreal in chemistry in 1973. Following a brief career as a chemist, Yaya returned to traditional African music. He was a co-founder of the music and dance groups Jembe Khan and Klaba, and a member of the African Tropodors with the World Music Institute, as well as a faculty member with the Creative Music Studio, Woodstock, New York City, and the Omega Institute. So without further ado, I'd like to uh, introduce you to my brother Yaya Diallo, Baba. Baba Yaya, how are you? Hi, and you? I'm doing great, thank you. It's so uh, great to have you with us, as well as with your lovely daughter, Sarah. Hello, Sarah, how are you? Hello, very good and, and honored, and thank you for, for inviting Yaya. Truly, I know that uh, Yaya will inspire many, as he inspired myself. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and I know I just wanted to let the listening audience know that uh, you're, uh, along with being with your father, uh, to join him in this interview, that uh, you will uh, also, when necessary, uh, be uh, facilitate as a translator, so that indeed uh, we will have clarity in terms of Yaya's responses to my questions, and also any comments that he might want to share with us, which might be more expeditious if he spoke in, in the language of uh, French. So totally, uh, again, totally. thank you. Yes, yes, indeed. So thank you so much, and uh, shall we move forward? Uh, my first question and. And I think it's something that not only myself and my wife's daughter are very curious about, but we'd like to know, Yaya, what made you decide to write your book titled The Healing Drum, which is a world uh, widely acclaimed uh, bestseller and, um, and one that is referred to by millions, if you will, across the world. What was your inspiration, uh, my brother? Okay. When I finished chemistry, I stopped because trying to be like a wise man, so I find a job in Intercultural Institute in Montreal, and they need somebody from Africa. So they asked me to write something about my culture, and uh, I did the work, and the work was popular to give that to foreigners when they try to go to work to help the so-called third war, they want to read it. So I put the book, and we forget about it. And I went to Woodstock, New York, to do some workshops. And I met some people. 
Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, you have to go to Vermont. I said, are you kidding me? Yeah, they're in Vermont. After in New York, why had to go to Vermont? And they said, you have to come. And I came. So, and I love, I love Vermont. So I used to go to work in Vermont, New England. From, I'm doing that. So, one guy, his name is Mitchell Hall, a, a white man, he said, okay, I know some people that gather every Sunday to do healing. Can you come and explain your case? And I went, and I played, and I did work, and people love it. So I came back to Montreal. That was Sunday night. Monday morning, Mitchell Hall called me. He said, okay, yeah, yeah. During your, your, your show, there was a book agent. He asked if you can write a book. Oh, I said, fine. So he called me at 9 o'clock, and uh, at noon he came to Montreal. So I sat down, and I wrote the 40 pages, and we did it. And I gave him the work I did for the center. And that week, that the way the, the book come. I didn't sit down and said, okay, I have to write a book. You know, that's the way the book come to. Awesome. That's okay. really a, quite a story. And um, this book, uh, this is available to be purchased on Amazon. Am I correct? Yeah. Oh, that is everywhere. That is a, in our tradition, everywhere. They sell it everywhere. You know. Everywhere, bookstores, and uh, it, it might be problematic getting them at some bookstores because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. there's a norm. Uh, one can purchase them at bookstores and also access it from you know, public libraries throughout the, uh, the world. Um, and I must also add that you... You reside, you're in um, Montreal, Canada? Yes. Okay. And, and, and um, how are things going on in, in, in over in, in Canada with regard to uh, health-wise and with the pandemic going on? <laughs> that, is, that is a big question there, okay? But uh-huh. I think my daughter can explain that because I don't go outside. Sometimes I don't read news. Okay. So the only thing I have to do, I have to be careful. And right. my daughter came to, with two masks. She said, yeah, yeah, you have to wear that. I said, why? She said, you cannot go to a bookstore, a food store to buy food. You don't have masks. Right. I said, oh, yeah? She said, they change it. And you have to. If you don't do that, you know, you get problem with a, a security guard and a police. So uh-huh. my neighborhood, you know, I come to a poorest white neighborhood. So uh-huh. here we don't have any problem. But the Montreal North, that is Haitian, and they get big problem there. And uh-huh. NDG, 
Yeah, and did you black people that get problem? Any place uh-huh. in the city, we have black people who get problem. Uh-huh. So, and I'm far from my community, the African community, because I came here to write my books and uh, that I don't know, but Sarakan had. Well, he he already gave like somewhat of a good uh, explanation of, of what's going on, but just to give like a an extra detail, uh, the situation yes. with the the black communities is that um, a lot of the because just like the United States um, here, the nursing homes people in nursing homes were affected, and yes. the people that do work in nursing homes are. Are, are in, in the majority people from the black uh, community, uh, the Haitian, yes. especially the Haitian uh, community. So unfortunately, um, for them to go into the nursing homes, they, they brought the disease into their own homes. So there is um, a, a representation that is um, higher than, than the other communities, just like the black communities in the United States. Yes. That are affected, yes. with, the, are affected with the disease, yeah. That is a okay. problem, like you said, in the United States and, and other uh, countries that have a huge, uh, a big uh, population of people called people of African descent, uh, because we're mm-hmm. low on the totem pole. We're low in the uh, uh, the range of uh, of uh, economics in in terms of employment, education, uh, housing. Uh, uh, food and clothing, etc. So with that being the case, uh, especially with housing, because that becomes systemic of uh, of us uh, infecting each other because many of us live uh, in cramped spaces, including the elders, and they're the ones that are very susceptible. So I know there's the African tradition not to place our elders and uh, and in nursing homes, we like to keep them at home, uh, but mm-hmm. because of economic conditions, that can be pretty uh, difficult. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel that uh, I know there are different schools of thought, and I, I respect the fact that, that uh, you're a chemist, Yaya. Uh, I, yes. I note that you graduated from the University of Montreal in chemistry, and yeah. I, did some, I dug a little deeper and found out that you actually made some discoveries, uh, such as uh, the uh, aspect of water uh, on paper and and how it yeah. transfers bacteria, and and mm-hmm. you were accepted. You had a short first career, and then you had a second career, um, mm-hmm. and which was recognized throughout. Uh, you had peers within the uh, scientific slash chemist community. Would you care to share a little bit about that in terms of your experience in that area? But, you know, uh, the, when I come to chemistry, you know, I want to study chemistry, organic chemistry, to understand the herbs, okay, African tradition, or what we use to heal. And I have yes. to associate that with chemistry. But they don't have to give money to promote this kind of study. So I was disappointed because I try I can understand, explain, or, or uh, 
you know, were healing me with herbs. But yes. I have to be careful when I use the word herbs. Because uh-huh. in the healing drum, I, yeah, I have to be careful. Because in the healing drum, I, somebody read as we talk about herbs. And he attacked me. He said, I said, all Bianca people are drug addicts. Because for him, uh-huh. herbs mean marijuana. Yes. So, and he said, I said, you understand herbs by marijuana. He said, I answered my own people. He said, my people are drug dealers. I said, no. I have to be careful when you are using the word now herbs. I have to be careful to who I'm uh-huh. talking about, uh, to talk. Because the thing, herbs means, okay, marijuana, you know. Yeah, yeah, but when people say herbs, you know, it's short. But even because some people say marijuana is an urban medicine too, you know. So you have to be careful with that. Uh-huh. I wanted to understand and it didn't happen. So and I was ready to come back home and the dean of the department, he said, yeah, yeah, you have a job for you. You have to work for a big company uh, downtown, and you can we can work to uh, uh, waterproof waterproof paper. So I worked like that. I, I work it, and I didn't have paper to stay uh, to uh, to Canada. So I changed, and by I'm lucky, and somebody said, okay, we can get your paper. So. I applied for a job. They did a contest, all chemists, and I have a winner. So I went to work like a, how to find a water under the ground and to do the detection because they used to carbonate 14. And my job yes. was to work with carbon 13. That was new. And we were only three four people in the, in the world doing that job. So I was happy. I thought I was smart, but I was not happy. Because I grew up like a nomadic, and I don't want to stay in the laboratory, try to find something. So that's why the people with the healing drums, they find out when I pick a job, because they are not happy doing this. Uh-huh. So, and that was a big problem. People tried to send me to see a psychiatrist because, yeah, because something was wrong. Okay? I said, no, I'm okay. Because they, <laughs> I don't want... <laughs> yeah. They said, we're not okay. And you know, in Africa, we talk about something happened like that. They said, because somebody did juju to you. You know? Somebody did a sorcery to make you stupid like that. Also, I'm not stupid, uh-huh. but, you know, when you come back to African way, they think you are stupid. I said, I'm not stupid, okay? So I want to come back to my roots, you know? I to pretend to be something I am not. So leave me alone. So, and I, I, I went, like a one year, homeless. You see? From a high level to the same, 
and to to be homeless in Montreal in winter. You know, I did that, and that that make me more stronger. That make me stronger. You know. Ah. So yes, that's very interesting. That you I, know, I, I, as you're speaking, I remember that uh, it was said in your bio that your grandfather, I've been thinking, was not not your father, but your grandfather was a yeah. uh, herbalist. And he was yeah. also known as a sorcerer, uh, that he was able yeah. to cure people from diseases. And yeah. um, it seems as if uh, that rubbed off on you, because I understand that uh, you learned the paradox of nature, which is the plant near a poisonous plant has the antidote for the poison, and that you're able to uh, 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 cure various diseases such as uh, diarrhea, flu, headaches, and bites from stings of scorpions and snakes and bees and wasps, etc. So at one time, uh, people, you were a go-to person, if not you, indeed, uh, your grandfather and yourself and other members of the family to help people in your community to um, be cured of certain illnesses and certain emergencies, such as being bitten by a snake or any other poisonous animal within the community. Uh, that's so, something that is very commendable, and that knowledge is something that is something that the average person doesn't have, especially here in the states where I live, my wife and I here in, uh, uh, in New York City. Um, we do have a couple of friends who actually do tours, nature tours in Prospect Park, one of the parks here in Brooklyn, New York, and... Um, Right now, my wife and I were not like yourself. We're home, uh, you know, um, uh, we're stationed here at home. <laughs> we only go out to do shopping and, and maybe to take a quick walk for exercise, and we do that very carefully. But uh, we've learned that throughout the world, indeed here in uh, a state like, a city like New York City in the United States, each park has a preponderance of natural herbs and plants, uh, herbs that can cure you from any illness, from many illnesses, and plants that can nurture you and nourish you in terms of being edible and being a significant addition to one's diet. So I don't want to dwell too much on that. Perhaps on the next show we can dig a little deeper in that area. Uh, yeah. But I'm happy that we, we, we covered this briefly so that, indeed, the listening audience can um, feel free to uh, submit any questions and comments. And I must add, those of you who are listening, if you'd like to call in, please dial 516-418-5829. Again, that's 516-418-5829. And hit the number one button, and that would indicate to me that uh, you're interested in making a comment or speaking with our guests. Uh, on that note, I'm going to take a brief break and uh, so we can uh, have a glass of water, a stretch, and get back to this very interesting uh, conversation that we're having with Baba Yaya.
Okay, thank you for holding on. We're back. Yaya, can you hear me? Yes. Great. And um, I have a, a couple more questions with you pertaining to the drum. And yes. want to know, what age were you when you first started learning how to play the drum? How old were you at the time? Okay, what I said to young people, I start drumming in my mom's womb, womb, okay? Ah. Because <laughs> when, you know, when you are, your mom's home, she will dance with you all night. She will dance with you, and you, you have no choice. You have to learn a little bit, huh? So when you are, you are born, she ties on her back and dance all day. She can dance with awesome. you all the time, you know? <laughs> You have to learn. You don't. You know you get a bit already, because African moms put you and be quiet. Okay, so I used to say to children, my mom was everything for me. My dining room, when she finished my bathroom, my bedroom. You know you do that for one year, and you see when she on the back. And you come, she take the milk you, go back again, and she dance with you. Mm. I remember I, I, I went to some tourists. I used to do African healing uh, drum tour in Mali. And we went to my village. And ladies were dancing with the children, with, with children on the back. At 2 o'clock, all my friend Americans said, hey, time to go to bed. I said, for the children, I said, look at them. They are sleeping. That's their bed. You know, you don't say, okay, go bed. Bed time for children. They are on your mom's back. So I try mm. to do it. And at five, I try to play seriously. And we can do all small orchestras. So, and when the, I love, I used to Anything, they do all rituals, but my thing was not to know anything. My thing was to play music. So I start five, two to small accompaniment, and we get all, all orchestra, like children, and we have to play. So you see the beginning, and I was not expecting to be like a, you know, the a drummer or musician, but I used to love it because my grandfather was a chief and 40 villages came with a best musician and played. So me too, I thought, okay, maybe I have to, uh, to make my own orchestra to impress him. Mm-hmm. But I didn't make it. I didn't make it. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So now, when I came to school, we had to do some uh, African dances or things like that. I had to play that too. So, but I have music in my head because I was nomadic. That means you, I heard lots of kind of music, not only mm-hmm. one. Okay? But when they, they see the healing drum, people think healing drum is the drum is only djembe. 
no way. There are a lot of kind of drums. But in America, with Jimmy is so popular, when they say drummer, automatically they say Jimmy. But we're talking mm-hmm. drum, water drum, all kind of drums. So, and balafon too. I play balafon more than I play uh, drums. But you cannot play oh, balafon yes. alone. That is the, eh? I said balafon, that's a very uh, significant instrument in the African village. Oh, that is serious. That's more serious than djembe. The djembe player and, in my culture is, is nobody. But balafon player, talking drum, and all kind of djembe is the last instrument in the several sense. The last. Mm. So, mm. and djembe is popular when you said the healing drum. Oh, you play djembe? I said, no. We are, you know. But I don't want to, to be called the Fola. I don't like that. And uh, mm-hmm. when you come here to America too, I saw a lot of master drama. A master drama. Mm-hmm. I said, what? You're a master drama? Everybody, any community, any African community from world well, continent calls himself a master drama. I laugh, you know, that's a joke. You are not a master drama. In Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know what? When they do 15 solos and they play play the 15 solos, they know everything. You know? And they play the same. They have no inspiration. You play techniques and you are master drummer. So I tell don't call me master drummer. They said, why? I said, I'm not master drummer. I'm happy you mentioned that because I get people who have told me that they've heard that uh, uh, I consider myself to be a master drummer. I mean, I love the drums. You couldn't find a, a, a more uh, committed person to promote the significance of the drum within the uh, community of people of African descent. But uh, I'm self-taught for the most part. And, um, you know, I can accompany any master drummer or group of master drummers but by no stretch of the imagination am I uh, uh, a master drummer. And so uh, I just wanted to be clear to those who are listening uh, that to set the record straight that Baba Wesley Gray <laughs> is not a master drummer. Uh, I'm an accomplished no, who is drummer. Master drummer? I, I, no. Yeah, exactly. Who is and that's, that's uh, something that I'd like to talk with you about in music because you mentioned this in your other book, which we're going to discuss in our next interview that we have, uh, your book titled Tolerance and Peace, uh, Music, Tolerance, and Peace, uh, The Blessing of God, and Tolerance is a Weapon Against Hate. So from the European perspective, the Western perspective, music and all the arts, most of the arts, a lot of the arts, are approached from the place of ego as opposed to a place of, of love and humility and reverence. And uh, yeah. that's something that I'd like to, you to share with me, uh, along with the fact that uh, I, I wanted to uh, share with the listening audience and yourself that my wife, Dora, is a musician. Uh, she used to yeah. teach music in the, in the public school system here in New York City, and she's an accomplished singer, guitarist, violinist, and a number of other instruments, even the piano for that matter. And... Um, mm-hmm. We have uh, 
a book that's titled A Stringy Situation. That title is, again, mm-hmm. A Stringy Situation, which you can uh, go to our website. We're uh, self-publishers, and uh, the book is sold on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And our uh, website is Gray Publishers, that's plural, with an S, graypublishers.com. Gray with the G-R-A-Y, publishers.com. And my, my uh, honey just sat here next to me, and uh, I'm just so excited about the fact that uh, we're having you on the show, Yaya, and perhaps it, uh, later on, if not some other time in a future show, uh, you and uh, Dora can exchange uh, thoughts about your experience, not only as a um, drummer and balafone uh, performer, but you also play a string instrument. Uh, would you like to yeah. talk briefly about that? You know, I you know I've traveled. I'm not somebody who stayed in the same place. Nomadic. And ah. we Flanny people, we can carry one place and we go to the next and learn something. And we spy the music to one group to other another. You know, when you're Flanny, you learn string instruments someplace. You move, you learn talking drums some places. And we carry all kind of music because all night, all day, when you go behind your cow, you hear different kind of music playing. Because when you go to West Africa, people are working during the day, and you will hear all kind of music behind people. You cannot work. You put ten people to work together. You need a musician. If you don't do that, they won't, they won't work hard. When you push a musician behind them, you push them to work. And that's the world of musicians. Okay? So, are you, when, are you to hear all kind of uh, music by night? Are you to go to listen to frogs? You know the frogs orchestra? All kind of birds singing. <laughs> You know, that was the school of music. Yeah, the frogs and, and the crickets. Eh? The frogs along with the crickets. Everything. They would make a symphony, right? <laughs> yeah, symphony. Oh, yeah, even the lighting by night. You know, there are some insects, the lighting. And there are the tenors. There are everything in the orchestra. And I had to go to look at, to listen to that. They said, oh, yeah, it's crazy. He goes and listens to frogs too, you know. They don't know. I'm, they didn't know I'm learning something. And some birds have a good, perfect timing. That's listen only. And I listen to that. Wow! And I work again to get the timing, you know. So I'm learning from animals, in all the cricket, everything. I didn't have like a somebody. He went to a performance art to play fancy solos in, in ballets, national ballets. I don't, I don't have nothing to do with that. Okay. But I had to do music to kind of help people. So, and when you look, you look at uh, music, tolerance and peace, okay, I could not, if I don't 
tech about is subjectivity. Do you know subjectivity? Subjectivity. Objectivity is subjectivity. So we are your choice of sport, music, religion, uh, sexual orientation. That is, you don't play with that. That mm-hmm. I, I took music, it is easy. If I talk about, I talk about religion, they will kill me. So I don't, and I take music to talk about the tolerance. Are you to do Very interesting. Music? Huh? Can I just interject for a minute? Uh, I didn't okay. want to lose lose your story. That uh, you talk about uh, uh, the music in your family, the drum, the healing drum, the, the, the book that you wrote, and you mentioned that uh-huh. uh, you was raised in a culture that works, worships, and lives and breathes to the beat of the drum, and that yeah. you also. Uh, uh, have a view of the human being and the, how the cosmos is connected. And when you mm-hmm. said cosmos, I thought of the Dogen tribe, which I just found out recently that uh, your country, Mali, is uh, right next to the country in which the Dogen uh, yeah. uh, reside at. And unfortunately, they're having some type of uh, disturbance within Mali. Um, with the the presidency and some other political things that are going on. But I found Mm -hmm. out also that there's a tribe, uh, a conflict between one of the tribes uh, in the Miniaka community and the Dogen. And I was very Mm -hmm. saddened to hear that. Uh, And then also uh, you speak about how, uh, and this is the last point I want to make, that uh, the tradition of music is a remedy for both physical as well as psychological imbalances. And yeah. uh, the last question, after you do touch upon religion and uh, how the cosmos is embraced by your community, I'd like you to explain to us how you feel that the drum could be of benefit to the various communities throughout the world that are suffering and challenge, being challenged with the COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. And how do you feel that these traditions would benefit the world communities who are facing these challenges. Okay. You see, okay, I have to correct something about the, the, the name tribe. You see, when Mitchell Hall, he was a colonial idea about a tribe. We call ethnic, okay? We, when you go, you go to Dogon country. You go to Manding, Manding country. We, we don't call ourselves tribes. But in the book, he got the last word and sent that tribe. Okay? We got, okay, we got to clarify that. Okay? We sure. call that Mianka people, Bambana people, okay? Or Bambana ethnic, the tribe. You know, he did that. And I had to deal with that, the consequences of that all my life. No problem with that. But when you go to Africa, don't try to say tribe. Some people will, some people, some people will be mad. So mm-hmm. you have to be Dogon people and things like that. That is kind of a colonial thing. So mm-hmm. when we talk now, we we talk about uh, the healing with music. Okay, because not only not only drum. The healing with music. You see, there are no 
pillars in the West. Because they give you pills to stop the symptoms and the, to stop your pain. But they don't go deep, deeper to your, the roots of your disease. So when you listen to the music you want, not, not, not only drums, okay, you are less stressed. And now your immune system will fight. But when you are stressed, you are feels how, how you can live? And you put that in hunger. You know, lots of hangers, all the people, all those things will decrease your immune system. With disease is not a problem, but your body, how your body have like a, some soldiers that fight for you. So if you don't have them, you, you know, you, you will die and you will get with disease, you get infection. But when you listen to the music you want, okay, that is the remedy. Okay, you relax. And I used to, I did a workshop in Louisville, Kentucky with rap music. Oh, that was a big problem. The mom didn't want to hear that. What I kind of music? Did he say rap, R-A-P? Yeah, oh, oh, rap. I listen uh, rock. to rap. I listen to all. I listen to all. Okay. Oh, rap people, rap all. Because when you have to work with people, like somebody, you try to heal them, you don't have to get pleasure. This is. What's the way? Is the one rap? Let them listen rap. Okay. When you listen to that and they're happy, that is, I said, music is the remedy for collective misery. Listen to that, you're happy. Okay, the music will be here to cool down and to, you know, to decrease your anger, and your hormone will work and you'll be relaxed. If you get stressed, you are you are killing your human system. That's what music is for. Okay? So to be balanced, all your hormone will be balanced when you listen to music. And uh, the music you want, okay? Don't listen to some music, somebody come to oh, that's a good music for you. No. You make them sick. You know, I know some Rastafarian. Don't play uh, uh, Beethoven for them. No way. They want reggae. So, when you do a healing work in my village, you see your the patient came with his his or her own remedy. The way you dress, the way you look, and. You, you see what kind of music you have to use. When I see somebody, a punk, with red hair, or thing like that, I want to play Jimmy for him. I want to play drum for him. I want to play punk music. That's the way they like it. So they know that's the best. That's classical music better than rap. And rap is this. No, you have to see what your patient wants to hear. 
And people don't know that. Oh, I come with my remedy and give that to you. So music will heal you because your immune system can fight when you are relaxed. And all your yes. hormones will work together. Only, mm-hmm. for example, when you, hunger, when you get hunger like that, what happens to you? You see, white people, we see all faces become black, uh, red. That means your heart pump all blood in your head. And you can get how kind of, all kind of disease with that. So, and you cannot eat because your, your liver tells you, you get the volume and do pressure on your stomach. And you don't have to, you cannot, you don't need to eat anymore. So all these things, and they stop functioning your system. You, anytime you disturb one of your, your, your organs, you, you disturb everything. And music can help to do that. I said music. You said quite a bit. That's very profound what you said, my brother. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I've learned here as a person who lives in the Western uh, society here in the United States, New York City, United States, yeah. is that yeah. a lot of people are very hyper. Um, and as a result of that hypersensitivity, they play music that promotes that hypersensitivity. Um, and a lot of times we are aware of the fact that when you do that, that there's evidence of addiction, of yeah. having that feeling within you, as opposed to being in a certain harmonious state of mind. Um, I think of, I just found out recently that uh, you've performed with not only Mickey Hart, but um, our late brother, Baba Randy Weston. And yeah. uh, I was so happy to find that out and that he um, played jazz, but his music was always centered on relaxing music, music of African inspiration that was life-fulfilling, life-uplifting in terms of health and uh, body, mind, and spirit emotionally uh, and and, uh, spiritually. So I was just so delighted to find out that you had played with him and that my desire, my prayer is that as an elder that I'm able to do whatever contribution I can make to bring the drum into the home of especially people of African descent so that there would be a designated drummer uh, and and if not a drummer, a musician, one who plays balaphone or xylophone, violin, gore, whatever instrument that, that they yeah. uh, take the liking to, so that indeed we can use music as a healing modality as opposed to a, um, a, a medium for disruption and um, and breaking down the health of those who who hear it and play it. So thank you for sharing well, I, that. Uh, well, I have to add something for brothers and sisters in 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 USA. We need more tolerance. Okay, when your son is you listening to some music and you catch the feeling, we call that tolerance. You have to tolerate what he can't be different than you. Let him listen something 
make him happy. And only that. But when we judge, I don't have to talk cursing words about mom or things like that. When they listen to rap and rip up and they are happy with that, don't judge. Okay? And that's the problem. We don't have a tolerance we for children. Okay? But one of my daughters come with a tattoo. I look at the tattoo. I say, oh, okay. What? <laughs> you know? Hello? So. Uh-huh. Yes. Did you just mention tattoo? Eh? Yeah. One come with a tattoo. And, you know, I said, oh, boy. What you do with your tattoo? You know, what you tolerate? Things. And we don't tolerate our children. You don't tolerate, you know, anything. That's why I wrote a book with tolerance and peace. How you can get peace in your house and you can tolerate what your, your daughter is listening to. The war no. is not Afghanistan. The war is at home. Because the kids are ready to go out and to go to in the street to find a friend. They listen to the same thing. They share the same value. If you don't there are no room for death. Choice in your family. What can I do? What can you do with that? That is my, my yeah, question. I, 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 know, huh? I know that you spent quite a bit of time uh, teaching within the educational community of um, Canada and Montreal and other places in the world. And children has been your focal point. And, uh, and I, I find that to be very commendable. Uh, that's something that I think is very much needed now, uh, and I and I don't know if this is happening in in uh, Montreal, in Canada, but you know there's a debate about opening up schools, and um, whether or not children will uh, suffer and teachers and all of the supporting um, personnel uh, from bus drivers on. Uh, there is a need for us to really come to conclusions come to uh, solutions in terms of how can we uh, facilitate the teaching of our children. Uh, and I think top exactly. of the list, though, top of the list should be uh, music uh, because that incorporates math, history. Uh, there's a myriad of subject matter that they can benefit self from. Self-knowledge, too, and uh, self-esteem, too. But that children, I don't blend children. I blame adults. Yes. We are not prepared to raise our children. Okay? If something wrong with them, we have to look at ourselves. What we did and what happened. Do we did the, 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 the good thing? How come you know, we lost the control of your children? I'm a boy, I've, I've lost the control. I don't know when and how. You know? So we are to, like adults, to come back to the values. Yes. Children say, don't know. That we have to do our job. That's my problem. I did a lot of work. In a, I went to Mississippi. I went to Alabama, Indiana. I did all places at schools. You know, I used to work in a school, and I stayed in Kentucky because 
that is the state at sixth grade you have to study West African culture. And I went to all, uh, you know, schools, and I did some work for PBS, you know, and children mm-hmm. can get information about West Africa, you know. And I have a music, too. I did music for relaxation company in, 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 in New York. And people are listening to that, too. We have to, like adults, to take our responsibilities to educate our children. They don't know, and we have to teach them. That's my point. Because mm-hmm. what you do to children, and you come to, at home, and nobody will tolerate you. So what you have to do? We have to get to tolerance and leave to children, listen to music, and cool down. That's my point of view. Yes. Well, I think a lot of it has to do, like you said, with as adults. Um, I know yep. myself. I I um some forty some fifty years ago, or so it took mm-hmm. quite a while before I decided that I would do things that uh, represent manhood, a mature man for that matter, um, and to love myself, respect myself, and to also uh, respect number one the women in my life, and and to hold them in the highest esteem, because without them, where would we be? We wouldn't be alive, for that matter. And, of course, uh, those, of those of us who have gone through the 400 years of post-traumatic slave uh, syndrome, uh, we still have that within our culture, within our family uh, uh, structure, that we suffer from that. And we have used various things, such as um, uh, uh, self-medicating, uh, because of the fact that we had no other means of getting any type of therapy, uh, the various religions that we embraced uh, did not necessarily mitigate our suffering. Uh, my wife and I, we we pay homage to the ancestors. We do libation. We meditate. Um, we're both uh, vegetarians, and so we watch what we take into our bodies. And we do our best as of late to watch what we think, the words we use, and so forth and so on. So in order for our children to benefit from us, we have to remain cognizant of the fact that they are observing us. They're not just listening to us, but they look to see what do we do. And the benefit that you had, Baba Yaya, from being raised in, in, your, uh, in your community of the Minyaka people, was that you grew up with these traditions of uh, representing the best of what it meant for one to be a man, uh, as well yeah. as what it meant to be a woman. Uh, I, we're going to go over this subject matter in the, at the next show, but uh, I know that your your community, the people were nomadic, and you have to you have to be away from your uh, community, your family, until you about in your early 20s, and I think the women had to do that until they were 16, uh, and then it, at that point they got married. So there were certain traditions and rituals and initiations that were steadfast and held on to throughout the years of, of uh, the history uh, of not the story of your, of your people, of the Minyaka and the Dogen and the other various communities within West Africa. 
So I look forward to talking with you more about that. And uh, okay. I want to thank you so much for uh, for coming on our show and, and sharing your wisdom and and uh, your spirit and, and love uh, to my wife and I and the listening audience. Okay. That, thank you. So... Uh, Sarah, there? would you like would you like to share any thoughts, Sarah, before we end the show? What? I was speaking to your daughter, Sarah, if she would like to share any what? thoughts before we end the show. And I want to thank you for coming oh, on well, board as well. Oh well, just 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 to thank you, thank you for inviting Yaya. I think uh, it's a great opportunity. It's a great initiative that you're going to have him in the next shows too, because um, there. What I find is that it's, it's so important that um, the generations, the various generations, speak to each other and share their knowledge. Um, like we have responsibility towards each other. So I'm glad that you're, you're, you're taking this initiative. Uh, yes, well, thank you. And, and uh, okay. I'm glad that you were able to share your energy with us. So at this point, uh, again, uh, to the listening audience, uh, Yaya, would you like to share with the audience how they can be in touch with you, do you your website or email, or, uh, and also how they can access your books and your uh, CDs and recordings? Okay. But the only thing I had, maybe I will send that to you. So uh, because my email... Okay, so I, uh, uh? They, they can be in touch with Yaya through his um through his Facebook. Um, okay. The book is available on Amazon, but um the just with the name Yaya Diallo, and it's important always important to make sure you connect. People connect with Yaya Diallo and not Alpha, not Alpha Yaya Diallo, which is another. Okay. Yeah, because that, yeah, we have to make Yaya Diallo shop, not Alpha Yaya Diallo. That's okay. two people. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, Jalo, and you put that internet, you put that Google, you put Yaya Jalo, you find all information about me. I'm gonna spell that out. That's Yaya Y A Y A and the last name is Diallo. D I A L L O. Oh. Don't add don't add alpha because there are one more Yaya Jalo. But you have alpha in it. Is that yeah, I, I noticed sometimes? that. <laughs> but that you gave me a headache sometimes, you know. You know. Yes. yes. Uh, okay, my brother. You know. So uh, again, thank you so much. I, I thank okay. the Most High. I think I thank the ancestors, oh. and I, I thank uh, your, your parents for giving birth to you, so that indeed, and my parents for giving birth to us, uh, and, and Dora and Sarah. So then, indeed, we can fulfill our purpose in this incarnation and this journey okay. on this earth school. So thank you okay. again, and we look forward to okay. having you on board our show uh, within the next couple of weeks. I'll be in contact with you, okay. and, um, and then we can set a definite date and post it on Facebook. And, again, my name is yeah. Baba Wesley Gray. Um, you can go to my website, which is drumsofchange.com. And mm-hmm. our, uh, 
publishing site, which is Gray, G-R-A-Y, Publishers with an S, graypublishers.com. So as we start, we end with uh, saying that indeed, may we start this week with our hearts open and may our minds and hearts be pure and true and may we not deviate from the things of goodness and may we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. We surrender to you, most high, our doings this coming week. We ask only that they serve you and the healing of the world, and may we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go. Alafia, assalamu alaikum, hotep, namaste, peace and love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, so finish, yeah.